0: Hey what's up everyone welcome back to the Salty Huntsman podcast I'm your host Justin Taylor as always I don't think that's gonna change ever but you never know one day this might be something awesome who knows well anyways so this week we have Judd McCollum on I refer to him as the mammoth man he found a a mammoth tusk and some other cool shit when he was in college Uh, it's actually a pretty exciting episode to talk to him he's a pretty cool guy He's got a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, and uh, and I I, liked, I I really liked uh, bouncing a lot of questions off of him. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. We talk about uh, whitetail hunting, and the differences is from the east to the west, as well as, you know, bow hunting and turkey hunting, and uh, we don't really get into, like, the tips and tricks and tactics, like I always talk about us not getting into, because it's really not something that interests me, because there's a million other podcasts out there that talk about the same shit over and over again. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just good conversation that we're having. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, another thing as well, if you guys can go on Spotify or Apple and leave a, a five-star review or a comment on Apple, that'd be great. You know, just tell me if it's good, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't care. Just leave a review. Um, I really appreciate if everyone did that. It really does uh, help a lot. So this podcast can gain reach and do what I want it to do, which is reach more hunters. And maybe have some influence out there on some people uh, who might be a little misguided in the outdoor world. But, yeah, so this is a pretty cool episode with Judd. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoy it, and uh, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. All right. Welcome back to the uh, the Salty Huntsman podcast. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. And uh, this week we have uh, Judd McCollum. Is that how you say it? Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure, but I was pretty sure. Yeah, so uh No, uh basically what I want to say is that um I think I used to listen to the working class bow hunter a lot. Yep. And you were on there a couple times. Yes it was. And uh yeah. And um I think it was the episode about the uh like you found something with like a woolly mammoth or something like that, or no?
1: Yeah. Uh just uh, it was uh the right tusk and part of the left tusk. And then uh, my professor found both of its upper molars. So, not much of the animal, but enough that it's pretty cool. So, was that like the intent or no? Uh, no, we were not out there to find that stuff at all. Or we just doing a college biology lab, and I happened to trip over the thing.
0: So it was just like sticking right up, and you just yeah, just kind of went for it.
1: Yeah, it was in the. It was actually in the bottom of a creek, and like we were just doing soil and water testing and I got done with that pretty quick and went out there and I was like kicking over rocks and stuff with a with a net because you know there's all kinds of fish and stuff I was trying to catch them and I came up and I put my foot up against what turned out to be the tusk and you know picked up the middle section of it and dragged it over to the point bar and set it down and there was a a gal near me and waiters I said hey stand right here and don't lose a spot so I went back and got the other two pieces and laid them out yeah found a Pretty big task.
0: <laughs> That's actually pretty sweet. Uh,
1: yeah. So
0: did uh, did you get to keep that, or did you, like, turn it in or anything, or what?
1: No, I found it on uh, college property, and the college donated it to the State Museum, which is fine with me because I wouldn't have anywhere to put the thing. It was, like, 11 feet long. Oh, shit.
0: That is huge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: All right, then. Yeah. No, definitely going to take up some wall space for sure.
1: Uh-huh. Definitely, yeah. That's
0: sweet, though. Um, so is that, like, what your job is then, is, like, water, like, testing water and all that, or were you just doing it for a class?
1: No, I was going to school for that, and I couldn't figure chemistry out. So, you know, I took a uh, an early graduation date, and now I work for uh, my wife's father, and we uh, take barns down okay. and uh, re erect timber frames all over the country.
0: That's pretty sweet. I know there's there's a lot of money in that if you if you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I know. I, I originally went to college for wildlife biology, but I guess you need to be really good at math for that for some reason. So uh I'm not good at math and so uh I decided to go with uh creative writing instead. So Oh yeah, That's yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely uh, took a turn. That's what everyone said. They're like, You 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 went to college for creative writing? I'm like, why? Like, do I do I seem that stupid? Like, I don't know. But uh it's it's pretty <laughs> funny though. Um
1: yeah, that's how the turns life takes.
0: Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Absolutely. Like when I actually found out like cuz I had friends that that completed the degree and they work in in that in those fields now and I, honestly it just seems really lame. Like
1: yeah lots of numbers like I I can remember like as I was in school I went and I met a lot of the state biologists that were local to me there weren't many because they were so underfunded Yeah. I tracked them down I kind of you know tried to befriend them and they're like look kid there is no like job security or any kind of future in the state of Illinois like if you want to stay here you're going to have to do something else or else plan to go to not here because there's just no money and it's not getting any better yeah, and, you know, like fifteen years ago, and
0: <laughs> right. No, because I'm I'm originally from Michigan, and that's where I went to college at. And man, that's what everyone who did get a job, they don't make very much money, or and they're always like laid off, and it's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, scary. Dude, it's insane. No, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you uh, obviously. You're into the outdoors pretty big. I mean, I look at your Instagram and you got a lot of cool shit on there. Um, do you, uh, do you buy any chance like run like cell cams or anything like that for deer or anything or no?
1: I have two. <clears throat> um, and you know, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not I get a lot of value out of them. Um, like I live on a farm and so sometimes like particularly this time of year, this is the most activity that I pay attention to on them really because I'll like put them on our dead pile before the truck comes and picks up yep. just to see like how many coyotes are out there and when Yeah, and when night hunting's legal you know I might go out there and sit and wait at the times when they have been showing up Yeah, and you know it's usually not very productive because they know what's going on but I give it a try but you know I don't I don't feel like I get a lot a lot of more use out of them than I do like a static cam that you have to pull a card off of yeah
0: yeah, I know like it's becoming cell cams are becoming one of those things that's like a hot topic for a lot of people and and yeah. um I don't know, I just think like, you know, if you're in it for the right reasons and you're you're not like abusing them, then they're a pretty cool tool, but I know that uh, a lot of people solely rely on cell cams and I mean, I I don't know why, but just the people that I know on social media send me a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. Like there was someone who got like a picture of a deer on a cell camera and then they literally grabbed their gun and ran out back and shot that deer like right then and there,
1: you know? Oh, no kidding.
0: Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, I feel, I, I personally feel like stuff like that is what's going to get them taken away.
1: Yeah, probably
0: like, cause now we're getting into the realm of like, is that fair chase? You know, you know, does it, is it ethically right that, you know, you're, sitting on the couch and then you get a notification on your phone and you just grab your gun and run out in the woods, shoot your deer. And like, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's definitely it, a weird
1: topic. It's the the bottom line there is just so cheap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, I don't know what personally, I don't know what people get out of stuff like that. Like the other day, my wife and I were pulling in the driveway and there was a couple deer and the gate to the hay field right next to my house. And she just casually was like, what if we pulled in here and there was like a huge giant buck standing in our front yard, would you run inside and get a gun and shoot it? And I was like, no, I said, it'd be very cool to see that buck in our front yard. But then if I could like kill it in the timber, having seen it in our front yard, then, like, that like to the story would be way cooler to me. But I, I don't, I would never like shoot a deer out my kitchen window or, like shoot one in the front yard or from the house. It's just, I don't, Yeah, it's not what I'm in it for. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. No, I live, uh, now I live in upstate New York and uh, I have a little, I live on a dead end and we, we'll we get deer in the yard sometimes. And, uh, you know, like my, uh, my girlfriend asked me the same question. She was like, she was like, would you just ever like open the window and just like wing an arrow? I was like, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, that's just, that's not what I'm here for, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's cool that they're in the yard, you know. In general, just hanging out.
1: I'll be honest. If I had a doe tag and there was a doe close enough to the house that so I could shoot it out the window, I might do that. <laughs> well, I'm being honest, but I mean, like, a, like a, I don't want to kill a big buck from my house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess, like, it, well, it also depends on where you're, like, where you're at, too, because I know up here we don't have, like, a huge deer population. Like, like the state says that we do and all the tags they give out. I'm like, man, we're really hammering at them every year. Like, we just, you know, like, <laughs> let them, you know, let them be. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. But, you know, I also know, like, back where I grew up in Michigan, they're like squirrels. They're everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, uh, I grew up on a farm back back in southwest michigan and uh man when i hunt on the farm i like every night or every like for evening hunt it won't be unusual to see 50 or 60 doe like yeah it's it's not out of the ordinary uh there's so many of them and my uh, my grandfather he he's like a gatekeeper for him like he he uh he's an old farmer so he doesn't he doesn't believe in shooting does uh he grew up in a time where there were hardly any deer so yeah he, he like just pre him them on I'm, I'm telling him I'm like man we need to we need to whack some does and and he he would probably kill him if he if he did that like i don't know just that's his you know it's his land if i want to hunt there i have to abide by his rules so i just let him go yeah. you know like well, one yeah. day hopefully it'll be mine and then it'll be game on and we'll be able to <laughs> manage them how we actually need to but I understand where he's coming from. I mean, because, you know, he he brought up a good point to me. Uh, He's an old beef farmer. And, you know, I was telling him, you know, I was telling him, like, hey, we need to get rid of some of these does. And, uh, you know, he brought a good point up. He was like, uh, he was like, well, he was like, so if I have 30 cows out in the pasture, he's like, and I want more cows, is killing them going to give me more? And I was like, okay, grandpa, all right. Like,.
1: Yeah, you're not getting around that logic with them.
0: No. I was like, okay, you got me. You
1: won. I mean, it makes sense, but it's
0: it's kind of a different thing than raising beef cattle. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I, I kind of run into the same thing sometimes, but, like, around here, like, I'm in the same boat around here. We've got way more does than I should, and, you know, there's there's quite a few bucks, but it doesn't seem like there's quite enough, and, like, the rut sometimes runs, Like the does will cycle clear into February sometimes because there's just they're just not getting bred for some reason. I guess because there's so many of them. Yeah. But then you know you're dropping fawns and then the late fawns of the year they're coming into their first estrus like in the middle of January when our season's going out and just throwing the whole winter pattern into chaos. Wow, that's crazy. You know, it's a wild card. Makes it fun, but it just (laughs) it'd be nice if there was two ruts and everybody had calmed down a little bit toward the end of the year.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I've I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, that sounds like chaos. So.
1: It's nuts. Like if there's like one hot fawn walking around, you know, I've got I got videos or some of my Instagram highlights of like six or eight bucks following one late fawn. Jesus, around in this and you know the hay field outside my house.
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I know <laughs> up here they um, because our winners are. Pretty they're they're pretty rough on on the deer herd. Uh absolutely. And uh I mean there were two snowstorms we had this year where mm-hmm. within two days we got over four feet of snow. That's gnarly. Yeah. And the deer just get whipped on. And uh usually here like the rut is completely done. Like everything is turned off before Thanksgiving. Like it's completely mm-hmm. done like there's no really yeah like you can go out and you know like you might see a buck just cruising because mm-hmm. he's bored or something but he's not chasing you know um they they just get shut down because sometimes we'll have late winters and if these uh I don't I just think that they don't want to they don't want to have to deal with it. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but I've I've never seen the activity where it's went into December or January, like, because I think when they drop, like, those fawns aren't going to make it past year one if they're late. Mm-hmm.
1: Not year. there, no.
0: No. <clears throat> so, it's it's definitely, it's, it's crazy to see how, because I've, I've also hunted down in Texas, and mm-hmm. um man, down there, it's just like, like, there's, like, no holds bar, like, <laughs> you know. They can just go whenever. Uh, that, that's what I felt like, at least. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have any experience with the rut in Texas, but I know, you know, between the southern strain they've got down there and their rut being in a different time, and then they brought a bunch of the northern strain whitetails down there, and they're, you know, toward November with the, you know, the, oh, what is it? Uh, daylight, the, uh, I'm not coming up with it. But, you know, the shortening of days makes them start rutting, so.
0: Oh the yeah, the the amount of time in the day, like the that there's daylight. Yeah. That that's yeah. also true for like uh fur bearing animals, like their fur becomes more prime with the uh with the daylight. Well less daylight is when yep. that yep. happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know I also saw um that you're trapping a little bit this year. Have you always trapped or or is this like something you're I... just getting into?
1: I, it's something I'm getting into uh, more. I've always had a couple of, like, dog-proof traps out around our creep theaters and stuff just because they've got, like, molasses, sweet seed in them, and the raccoons just absolutely love to grub on that oh, and, like, sure. crap in it and ruin it. So yep. I, I've always had to trap around them. But lately, you know, I, I I think I up my string to, like, 20 traps and a couple of different strings that I can drive real quick before work. Yeah. And I'm just trying to save turkeys at this point, and I'm really wrestling with, you know, the 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 waste issue there because just the number of coons that I'm trapping, and then you know the fact that around here they're averaging ninety-five cents skinned at the sales. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I'm just feeding eagles, and I feel bad about that, but there's too many of them, and the state's not taking any action to you know help the number, so I got to kind of do what I can, I guess. No,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. Cause we, we had a pretty good conversation on Instagram about, uh, like trapping and, and all that. And they, with, uh, I, I've noticed a lot on Instagram for, you know, we talked about this too with like the whole coyote hunting thing and whatnot, but yeah, um, absolutely. like how, uh, like I always see people posting like picture with them and a coyote that they shot, you know, and, um, like, Honestly, like, I I mean, I don't care how you, you know, attain the animal or whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, take by any legal means necessary, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's just the fact that, like, I I don't know why hunters feel like they need to justify why they shot a coyote. But I see most of the times they're just like, oh, well, I think I've seen posts where people have said, like, oh, I wonder how many uh, turkeys this coyote got and so on and so forth. And it's like, like, the chances of a coyote actually taking down, like, an adult turkey are very, very slim. Like, yeah, those turkeys, like they're you know, they, they they run together. They have, you know, if you got seven turkeys, there's 14 eyes, you know, like scanning Mm -hmm. the area. Um, And, you know, I, like, I would just like to see those guys that think that if they take out one coyote, they're going to have a huge influence on the turkey population. Like I would much rather see them buy half a dozen dog proof traps and yeah and get the, you know, like get the actual nest Raiders out of there. Cause I feel like that's where you're losing most of your, you know, most of your turkeys at.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I did notice here the last couple of years turkey hunting that there's probably quite a bit of predation from coyotes on gobblers when they hit the ground. Um, because in the last three years, our coyote numbers really kind of skyrocketed. Our turkey numbers have been dropping pretty steady here. Yeah, And, I was able to find them on the roost no problem. I could make them, you know, talk back to me on the roost. As soon as they hit the ground, they just shut up. Yeah. Absolutely silent, not a gobble the whole rest of the day. They would still come into decoys, but they're not talking back. Huh. And I think that's that's a, kind of a telltale sign that the coyotes are. And I called in a pile of coyotes when I was turkey hunting, too. Right. Uh, just doing a also. So they kind of figured that out, I think. But it's just. Yeah, like, like you, you and I talked about on that post, like, it'd be great if they, you know, take some of the money from those thermals and buy some footholds and some dog-proof traps and, you know, yeah. work on them that way, too.
0: <clears throat> no, I mean, uh, it, I mean, it's great that they're, that, you know, they're, they're trying to uh, put a dent in it. I just think that, I just think that, like, shooting them, you know, with thermals and a high-powered rifle is, is like, really glamorous, and um, it's like, oh, like, look at this, this is, like, super sweet, like, I actually have a guy who's going to be on this podcast who, starting he started a business where uh uh, he's a veteran and they uh they do coyote hunts at night so sure it'll be interesting to talk to him about his perspective on it as well uh you know and like i'm all for it um i would just like to see because i think you know if i love trapping i grew up trapping uh with my grandpa Mm -hmm. and that's like one of the things that we have you know together like that we have in common is you know me and my grandpa just trap and stuff and uh and I would like to see more people trapped because I would like to see the fur market come back, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and, and I know that a lot of the fur that gets bought doesn't obviously doesn't stay in America. It goes to like China or Russia or a lot of it goes to like Italy and Spain and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, if I feel like if more people did it and they wanted to get something out of it, then it would also, it, in a weird way, might also influence how they vote. I don't know. That's just me, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just definitely like it's just it's just really, you know, because I I remember in twenty was it 2012, 2013, um, they call it like the mini fur boom, and mm-hmm. I mean coon were like a double XL coon was going for like twenty bucks, like on yeah. on the carcass. Like I remember we had this Amish uh, fur buyer. And I would just bring him coon, like not even skin or anything. Just be like, here you go, man. And he'd give me like 15, 20 bucks and be like, all right. Like, you know, and that was per like, and I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like 20, 22, 23 years old. I just got out of the Marines and I was like, dude, I was making at least a hundred dollars a day for yeah. like a month, just trap. And i was like, dude, if I could do this for the rest of my life, like that'd be great.
1: But dude, yeah. If we had $20 cans right now, I'd quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. No, and it was like, you know, a good coyote was going for 30 35 bucks. 35 um, Oh, yeah. Good luck for that. I mean, that's not going to happen now. Uh, no. It's just, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, trapping, um, I've heard a lot of old-timers say that, you know, if you want to be a good, like, hunter or outdoorsman, become a good trapper, and all the rest will just fall in line.
1: So I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that statement. I've noticed, you know, the last, this last season, you know, getting out trying to identify the sign more closely and more precisely. Right. Um, it just, it's opened up a whole new thing that I wasn't seeing before. And <laughs> I'd spend a ton of time outside.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely opens up your eyes a lot. You definitely start noticing a lot more about your quarry and what, you know, this track looks like or the droppings and everything. You can get, mm-hmm. you can get super in depth with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> so with, uh, you know, with turkey hunting coming up and stuff like that. So, so would you say that your state, all right, so now I'm going to ask this question. Okay. So 10 years ago, would you say that the turkey hunting is better or worse
1: than it is um, now? Right where I'm at, I'd say it was better. It was better? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, it's crazy because up here, um, where I live in upstate New York, we have like, I mean, I'm kind of hesitant to say this, but whatever, like we have a shit ton of turkeys, like it is insane how many turkeys that we have and not a lot of people like hunting them. They don't really care about them. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I've been hunting turkeys for, I don't know, over 10 years now and, uh, and I'm, I'm 33. So I started when I was in my early twenties. But um, yep. my biggest turkey that I've ever shot, and usually I get one about every year, but my biggest one that I've I've gotten has been up here on public land in upstate New York, and and um, it's just a place that you wouldn't think. It's mm-hmm. it's like such a sleeper state, and I mean the beard on the one I got's eleven inches, and spurs are inch and an eighth, and and uh, it was it was a huge bird. Um, That's no slouch. yeah and i was like holy shit it was my first public land bird too and i was just like are you kidding me like wow um it's intense yeah it's crazy and then i talked to people up here and you know they say 10 years ago there were no turkeys really yeah so or or there were but they were like it was very sparse like to run in to run into a good clutch you know (laughs) it's crazy um i I don't even really like turkey hunting that much to be honest with you I'm, i'm not I'm not one of those guys that gets, like, super into it and super excited about it. Uh, I don't know. I just – it's fun. Like, I enjoy it, but I don't get excited as I get excited about, like,
1: deer hunting or, or something like that, I guess. I don't right. Know. It's it's like a right now thing. Like, I know it's coming, and, like, I, I know I need to prepare for it, but I'm not going to be excited until, like, I walk out the door in the morning to go to work and maybe hear a gobble. Yeah, and that'll kind of get me going for it. But, you know, there's not a lot that's going to get me out of bed at, like, 4 in the morning, and turkeys are on that list, so.
0: Yeah, that's what <laughs>
1: – that's what – Um,
0: I really don't start getting excited for them until, like, the night before, Till I, like – because I'm – like, with turkeys, like, I just gather all my stuff the night before. I'm like, oh, I got my call. I got this. got that. All right. You know, and then I'm excited. But other than that, I just – you know, I mean – I don't know. I just can't really get into them. Like, and it's really hard for me to see how people can be. So, I don't know. Like, like I'm happy that there are people out there that love them and care about them like so much. Mm -hmm. But, uh, as far as like the, I guess, and I think social media has ruined Turkey hunting in a way. Like, yeah, that's the way I see it. It's just like, uh, it's not Turkey. hunting's not hard. Like, you know, I mean, it's not, I
1: don't know how to describe it. Uh, overall, it's not hard. You might find a bird that's real tough on you, but overall, you know, if, you, if you've if you got the basics down, you should be able to get in the action fairly easily.
0: Oh, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Like, so when I hunt public land up here, um, what I do, it's it's super basic, but... Um, I mean, and there's like thousands of acres of public up here, so mm-hmm. I will drive to the public, um, and the sun will be just coming up. I'll like, literally I'll get out of my truck, hit my call. If I don't hear anything in 10 minutes, I get back in my truck and I go down the road. Yep. Like I don't, I don't sit around and waste my time in a spot where there's probably no turkeys like, yeah. and how I shot the biggest one I've ever shot. I got out of my truck. <laughs> I called uh, I heard a gobble a couple hundred yards away. I was like holy shit, that's close. Just took mm-hmm. off in that direction. Kept calling, and it was just like that. You know, it was done. It was over. Like, and that that was yep. like the first week of the season up here, and I was like, holy shit, okay. Um, public <laughs> land turkey is not as hard as everyone says it is. I mean, that's just what I thought. I was like, yep. you know, it's not it's not an impossible thing, and and I think, man, um, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff floating around social media, you know, about uh reaping and stuff like that i don't i don't know i I guess i don't agree with it i guess just because based off of my experience how it's not super tough uh i mean last year i took my girlfriend out and uh she has a dairy farm up here and Mm -hmm. like with within the first 15 minutes of opening day we had birds down like yeah and we were just sitting up and this is her this was her first time ever turkey hunting and we were just sitting up against trees calling and they came right in this hayfield and bam that was it and i was like holy (laughs) shit and you know she was telling me like well i always see turkeys over here and like i'm the type of person who like if you you know if you haven't like proved yourself that like you know like how to hunt or like what to do then like i i half believe you you know i'm like Mm -hmm. "Uh, i don't because i've had people tell me oh seen a big buck down in there you know and it's like was it really big or did you just see a deer? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah did you just see some antlers?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she actually surprised me, you know, I was like, yeah, these are really good birds. Yeah, for sure. And I told her, I was like, you should be super pumped about the turkey you got. And I feel like a lot of that happens to a lot of people. And then, and then it just, you know, it just fades away. You know, after a while, I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened to me. I was just like, yeah, I mean, I've killed, I don't know, 12 birds, I guess. And, after the first couple times it just kind of wore off
1: you know anymore it's it's one of those things if they didn't taste so damn good I probably wouldn't shoot them but like if I can get them to come into the decoys and start beating on the decoys I'm happy to just sit there and watch them do that until they get bored most of the time that's super cool to watch' I'm, that's just really cool mm-hmm. and you know if you can have the decoys ten feet past your feet while you're sitting against a tree on the edge of your field and just you know like I got I got some video of four four uh, gobblers a few years ago just beating the hell out of both my decoys just feet away from me that's awesome and eventually i you know i shot one and the other one hung around i actually had to get up and chase the last one off of my jake because he was all trying over to, to beat it you know <laughs> yeah no i mean they're, they're <laughs> like so
0: that's the thing about it though is that so turkeys are inherently super in tune with their environment like like i was talking with one of my buddies uh and we were saying that it must suck to be a turkey oh yeah like to be born and then be a turkey and it's like like you can't you can't really smell very good and i'm not too sure on how well they actually really hear so the only thing they really have is their eyesight which is killer but Mm -hmm. everything wants to eat you everything and you have to like stay alive you know it's like like date and then and then you sleep in a tree, and you just go one foot back and forth while you sleep at night.
1: Like that's got to be terrible. Like I don't know. Like I hope an owl doesn't come and knock you out of the tree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was actually listening to a podcast with a turkey biologist that was on it, and he was saying that owls are like one of the big predators of turkeys, mm-hmm. especially like in the morning when they start calling. Like an owl will just fly in there and knock them right down, and and then they're done.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. People don't give owls the credit they're due as predators at all. Oh, they're savages. Yeah, they're vicious. <laughs> oh, I do.
0: I totally can see how an owl will just wreck you. <laughs> like, I mean, and they can well, fly so fast, quietly.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a there's a pair of great-horned owls that nest, I don't know, a mile to the west of my house. And uh, if you go over there in the springtime when they're, like, beginning to nest, actually it's, like, kind of in the middle of winter, like, Middle of end of January, they're starting to mess with their nests. They'll start finding headless red-tailed hawks everywhere because they I mean, just do not tolerate other raptors being around their nests.
0: I'll be honest, that's not a bad, bad problem to have, though. I <laughs> yeah. I don't like hawks at all. Like, I'm big I, into. I don't uh, yeah, but do you do you guys have any like game birds around you or no?
1: No, they're all gone. Turkeys are the last ones. Yeah.
0: So, like, uh, growing up as a kid, I know that pheasants aren't, you know, a uh, like an indigenous species in North America. I know they all came from Asia and stuff like that. But but growing up as a yep. kid, we would always have pheasants, that, and they were reproducing in the wild. Mm-hmm. And we would always have pheasants. And then all of these um, rules, and like the hawks came real hardcore, like, and just destroyed them, I feel like that along with probably a lot of people stopped trapping as well and that really got to them. But like the, the grouse and the, uh, and the pheasants, man, like they just got eliminated from my area of Michigan. Like so bad to where, like, if you try to put a breeding stock in there, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're, you're done. You're just wasting your money.
1: Yeah. That's how it is around here. Like when I was a kid, you know, I can remember following my dad down fence rows and, kicking up pheasants and quail Mm -hmm. and at some point you know the fence row around here became public enemy number one and every farmer just had to get rid of every single one they had and plant right up the edge of every field and every timber and every creek and squeeze every last you know bushel they could out of it and you know to the detriment because if you go right up against the creeks around here i don't know if it's like this where you're at but like if you knock out that buffer strip, you're going to start losing real estate real fast to the winter flood. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that just knocked all our bird po- populations down to the point where I haven't heard a quail whistle in 10 years. I, like I, the, I believe you. Yeah. The starlings still make that noise. So they're hearing them somewhere, but I haven't heard a genuine quail whistle, in, you know, a decade. Yeah.
0: No, no up here. Um, well, that is true for where I grew up in Michigan. Uh, big agriculture uh they they did the same shit they just went through and a lot of uh a lot of woodlots got destroyed turned in field um all that just got taken right out but up here Mm on that right now the uh a lot of it has to do with the uh it's it's so rocky up here uh yeah we have fields and you know stuff like that but but some places it's just it's just way too rocky for them to plow so They don't even, they don't even waste their time with it. So we have, we still have habitat up here for pheasants. I've seen, I've seen pheasants while I've been deer hunting and I'm like, oh shit. You know, I mean, I (laughs) would much rather watch it, you know, walk down the tree line than, than worry about killing it. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it was such a rare thing. Just absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, the, the grouse do really well up here too. Like that's up here in the upper peninsula of Michigan are the two places where I've actually had any real good luck grouse hunting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they're just, I I'd say up here in upstate New York, there there's a shit ton. Like,
1: So where you're at, are there like the stone walls just crisscrossing the timber everywhere? Um,
0: in some places. Some yeah. 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 In some places, uh, a lot of, it's really weird. Um, a lot of state land. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it got bought by, or the like, I don't know if the state bought it. Um, like bought it back or whatever, but you'll find these, uh, man, just like out in the middle, like of just the thickest, densest, like woods, just these huge rock piles. Uh, (laughs) not really sure what that's all about, but, um, Uh, it's kind of weird, you know? And like these rocks are, I mean, they're massive. Like you can't even, some of them, you can't even put your arms around, you know I mean? Right. It would take some horsepower, to move it it's just really weird why it's even there Um, yeah
1: let alone pile them up
0: yeah and i've tried to research into it and i've googled it and stuff there's i can't find anything about it uh i do know that in the 1800s and stuff like that uh there used to be a lot of homesteads out on the public there's still the foundations that are there like the basements and a lot of people go metal detecting around there but other than that i just I don't know if it was an old logging camp and they would just pile the rocks there for some reason or, or what, but, um, hmm. yeah, it's crazy. And the, yeah. And like the other day I was out on the public and, um, or driving through it and there was like the stone walls and all that. But, uh, I, I just think like, who the hell has the time to make these? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that so seems
1: like a big expenditure of, you know, time and energy back in the days when those things were precious commodities to just be stacking, you know, stones you can barely get your arms around into like a wall.
0: Yeah. I don't, it's, it's really weird. I like, you see them all over up here though. And you're just like, you know, I just think in my head, I'm like, somebody really took the time to, yeah, <laughs> to do that. Like, for whatever reason. I, I mean, I know a lot of them are property lines, but, um, mm-hmm. but it's like, you can't just put
1: a sign up or I, I have no idea. I don't know. You'd be so hard pressed around here to find a rock that size. But what's really cool is if, you know, you walk around a piece of timber around here, you'll run into a line of hedge trees that were originally like kept down as like shrub height as a fence. Yeah. Like they would purposely be chopped down to where they would just bush. And, you know, after people started leaving them alone and, they they grow and the, they're these huge old hedge trees, but they just run, you know, straight lines through timber for, you know, half a mile, which is pretty cool when you find one and know what you're looking at.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I'd imagine if you don't know what you're looking at, you're just like, oh, that's just a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well patch. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Do you guys have much public there?
1: No. No. Hardly any at all. Yeah. Um, My wife's family owns more than I think the next three public areas put together. Wow. That are close to so you're on pretty far unless you're a waterfowl. There's quite a few big pieces along the river for like duck hunting, but there's very, very little timber to whitetail hunt or small game hunting
0: Gotcha, yeah. I know like a lot of the Midwest states, everything just if it's not a field. I don't know. Like, I just feel like like farmers and stuff like that. They see like a patch of like you know timber and woods, and they just like, yeah, yep, turning that into a field. Fuck that! Yeah, you just
1: hate. Just got to get rid of it, even if it's you know too steep to farm. They got to get a hoe in there and dig all the trees out and all the root balls. Just oh, they're just being best friends with erosion, even though they don't really know it. It drives me nuts. Oh,
0: I can imagine. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's insane. That's one thing that um I'm. I hope that I inherit my grandparents' farm. I hope that that's the plan, but I'm going to uh, probably stop the farming on it because uh, it's all leased right now, like for farming at least. Uh, we don't farm anymore, but it's all leased out. And I'm like, man, if if I can get a hold of this property and stop the farming on it and start actually like managing it for whitetail, like I don't see why we couldn't grow one eighty, one ninety class whitetail. Yeah, like you just need it. Like the crops don't do it. They don't, like, in some states, like, I know, like, Iowa is huge where, you know, people like, oh, deer hunting, Iowa, you know, whatever. But um, there's a lot more, like, the fields there are just huge. They're massive. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more for them to get bigger quicker. But I know in places like southern Michigan, where I'm from, I know that better, like, browsing habitat would yeah. would push them to be bigger. Like, it would make them, yep. like, I don't know. It's just it's just yeah, crazy. More
1: diversity is what will get you your big deer. I mean, they've got the corn and the beans to eat around here, to, I guess, to get them through winter. I don't know how that factors into their size and their health. Yeah. Because, you know, I actually had a conversation with uh, one of the state zoologists one time when I was working on the tusk down at the, there's a research and collection center in Springfield here where they keep all the stuff that, like, isn't on display at the museum yep. and collections and all that stuff. And I was talking to this guy and talking to him about damage the deer did corn and when they do it. And he was, he was like, oh, no, deer don't eat corn. And I was like, oh, I, I assure you deer eat corn. And I started telling him about, you know, how the bucks in the middle of July will pull the core out of the corn stalk and eat the pith off of the end mm-hmm. and just walk down the rows doing that. And then in the fall, they'll go around, I guess, behind the raccoons and eat them off the, off the cob. But yeah. The, I got pulled away by another person. Like, don't upset the scientist. You don't. You don't need to be having arguments with the scientist. I'm like, but he's wrong. I mean, I don't have a PhD, And I know that deer eat corn if you feed it to them. Whether right. or not they digest it fully is a different issue, but it sure goes down their mouth, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no, I, I shot. Um, yeah, I shot a doe this year uh, during bow season and got into uh, cleaning her out, and there was. Uh, I mean, there was corn in there. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally believe it. That's,
1: that's yeah. Wild. That diversity that you're talking about putting on that farm, you know, that's, what's going to get you your big deer, just, you know, having a nice big menu for them to pick from.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I I've learned, um, I've learned a lot from hunting in the Northeast. Uh, and it, it's crazy just where, like when you hunt in a place where there's less deer population, and there is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hate when everyone's like, oh, public pressure, public, like they, they always like throw that around. I've always heard people say that, but up here, like, yes, there is people that hunt the public, but it's not like this crazy, you know, oh, there's a hundred people in here. It's, it doesn't, doesn't happen like that, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you that the, the logging operations up here, um, when they do the clear cuts yep, the year after that, like year three and four is what like you'll get some pretty nice bucks out of there. And I mean, like for upstate New York standards, like you could have a couple like one twenties, one thirty class whitetail, and that's that's huge for up here. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like that's like, oh my God, like this is like the buck of a lifetime. Um yeah. And it's just it's crazy just to see what a clear cut will do, like into grow it like just growing a deer like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's insane.
1: Uh, it's got all the cover, all the food. It's got diversity. You know they've got security. They've got everything they need. Instead of you know having to go to maybe an ag field that's a ways away, and you know they're living on the edge of a canopyed out forest that you know doesn't produce much for them. Yeah, right. those deer yeah. cuts are big, <laughs> big for deer.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy to I don't know. It's just crazy if you just like that. Like, that's what I tell people when they ask me. Like if you just leave it alone, you'll be surprised at what happens. Mm-hmm. Like just. Chill out, you know, it's crazy. Uh,
1: are you guys allowed to use
0: crossbows there? Are you into that or no?
1: Yeah, I I don't. I I think I've shot one twice in my life. I actually need to get one because my dad had a stroke about 10 years ago and he wants to hunt. That'd be the only way he could do it other than a shotgun, right? Our shotgun season is only a couple of weekends, yeah. But
0: I don't don't
1: use one either, and I just always have to ask people like what they think about them. I mean. I'm not crazy about them. I, you know, if if people would treat them like you have to treat a vertical bow to be proficient with it, I wouldn't have the feelings I do. But you know, when they're advertised, those Ravens are advertising what 100 yards right out of the box. That's just telling people not to practice. Just trust what the box says and just go out and take that 100 yard shot, whether or not you practiced it at all, whether or not you know how long it's going to take that bolt to get there. You know whether or not that bolt's going to hit a deer in the ass. Yeah. I, that's the part I don't like at all. Is it's actually it's like like the. I don't know the 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 apathy is like baked into the sales pitch of the thing. Right. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah,
0: I've noticed. You know, I've noticed that as well. Um, I've noticed a lot of like it's very attractive to a lot of new hunters. This is just what I think. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of like newer hunters with crossbows and they, you know, I don't, I don't know, like not trying to sound like a dick. Like I don't like attack them, but, but I have to ask them, you know, I'm like, uh, like, so, you know, what's like your thoughts with this, you know? And, and I've had some people say, Oh, well, I'm just using this until I can get good with my, with my compound bow. and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. why don't you have your compound bow out here? Like that's showing we're going to get good with it. Exactly. Like you can't, you know, I mean, I think that's a shitty excuse in general. And, and that's just my yeah, opinion, but that's I, all it is. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen I mean, on the public up here, I've seen uh I've seen people with crossbows like uh man, opening day of uh archery season up here. I had one guy he wasn't like right on me, but I could see him and he's like walking with his crossbow like it's like a machine gun or something and like, yeah. you know, like he's in predator and I'm just like, <laughs> dude, this fucking guy, like, and all I could think, you know, it's just like, like this guy has to be new. Like there's no, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it gives, it gives way too much confidence. Like you said, like right off, right out of the box. Like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna, definitely gonna kill something with this because
1: that's what the box said, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to know anything about anything. You just take your hundred yard crossbow out there and you pick your tree and you're gonna, you know, just kill whatever comes by. It's like the opposite of woodsmanship,
0: right? Know? Like you're not learning the craft at all.
1: you just no, no, not at all. It's it's McDonald's of hunting kind of. Okay, I, I'm yeah. getting really down on it, but it, that's what it is. It's fast food hunting. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think there's like a parallel that can be drawn where um, with that like. So, with, like, I think with social media, like, and I, I think, like, social media is a catch-22 for the outdoors and hunting. Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. a good thing because it does draw some good people into the outdoors that probably would have never done it before. But then it also draws a lot of shitty people that don't need to be there or anything like that. And and, uh, I think that there's, like, these huge influencer pages and, you know, they show, like, oh, this – these dudes work out at four o'clock in the morning. They get up and they work out for two hours and they, you know, run 20 miles or whatever, you know? And then, um, you know, these guys are like sacrificing learning how to hunt over like working out and like stuff like crossbows. Like, that's what I think. And I'm like, dude, like I've seen, there's these two younger guys. One time, uh, I was, I was grouse hunting during bow season up here. And these guys had, had these bows And they were, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, they were like bare bows, like kind of like the one that you'd get at like Dick's sporting goods or something like that. If you have that around you, you know, like something you could just go buy off the shelf and like,
1: yeah, like kit bow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Like, like $300 ish type setup or whatever. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but, um, like these, these kids were younger and they had like Mm -hmm. these, uh, one of them had a muscle shirt on and I was like, all right, dude. And they had sweatbands on their head and they got out of this Uh bmw like i'm not even shitting and i was (laughs) like who the fuck do these guys think they are like and the only thing i could think is like yeah i mean they were fit you could tell they were like they would work they worked out and stuff like this is no bullshit i just kept driving i was like good luck to them they're not gonna kill fucking shit up here with that like no way yeah like it's just it's crazy that you know now we have like these uh this new generation of of hunter i got i don't know if they would call it a generation but it's where like they think that you know if i didn't work out today i'm not going to kill a deer this year i'm like who said that <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense you know yeah or like i need to have you know this like uh crossbow or something you know like something to to give them the edge and like i think that it's a bad thing that it's being influenced that way because so one like, for one – well, a couple of reasons. Like, one reason, like, they put a lot of time and energy into this thinking that this is how you kill animals, and then they don't kill shit. Right. And then so, – so you had somebody who was a hunter for one year, I guess you could say that, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. the guy was – and now he's like, no, I didn't get anything last year, and I worked out every day, and I ran, like, five miles, and I bought this bow, and now I didn't kill anything. Yep. So – you know, not
1: I, open to any kind of new learning, not open to the fact that or the possibility that they're doing something wrong. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> nature's fault or whatever. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Like they're, they're sacrificing, you know, learning the craft over, you know, like it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, I don't know. If you would just slow down and mm-hmm. learn this, you know, it's, yeah. it's very, you know, you don't have to be, uh, triathlon athlete to go shoot no. a deer. I could argue that with anybody. Like,
1: you know. I mean, splitting the difference and putting a weight like in a backpack, say, and going out and getting there at daylight and kind of you know, being in the timber, you know, whether it's in season or not. And just being out there and, you know, kind of exercise and spend some time just figuring out what the outdoors is about. That, that I think that's a sweet spot, maybe. Right. But you know, like I, I was only motivated to go out of my way to work out because I like, I signed up for some Instagram sweepstakes that I was not going to win. That was for a uh, hunt in New Zealand for tar. Oh, nice. And, you know, I realized if I was going to win that, there was, if I was going to win that contest, which I wasn't ever going to, <laughs> like, there's no shot I'm going to be able to walk more than 100 yards up a mountain, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the shape that I was in. So, yeah. I got one of those those ruck packs that you can put a forty five pound plate on and walk around. I just went about my business. I shed hunt with it on and do all that stuff, and it kind of gets me ready for my trips to, you know, the boundary waters in Canada that I take every year. But other than that, I had I I'd never really gone to the gym and actively worked out, but. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just that sort of thing. Like realizing your shortcomings as an outdoorsman, that should be motivation to get a little bit more in shape and get a little bit fitter. Like if you're into mobile hunting and want to get up a tree fast, yeah, go, go get on, you know, the stair climber at the gym after the sun goes down and do it that way. But I mean, yeah. you know, being into CrossFit isn't going to make you kill a deer. I don't know how you drum that through these people's skulls.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's,
0: it's definitely like the weird parallels that are getting drawn into hunting now. It's it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like my my grandpa would call you a dumbass if you said that you had to work out to go hunting. Like he would, he'd be like, "You're a dumbass." <laughs> like
1: you know, yeah, your like, grandpa would probably call you a dumbass for working out to begin with, just because he was probably accustomed <laughs> to working every day of his life and that kept. Oh yeah, shade. he would get oh. off work to go to work. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's his mentality. Yeah, he would get off work and go right to work and. I mean, the guy's just not that. I mean, he's still alive. I mean, he's eighty-two, still. yeah Still got horses. Still getting after it. I mean,
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I hope. I hope. I. I hope I make it that long. I mean, shit. So that uh,
1: long and. big, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. So you you brought up shed hunting. Have you found any this year?
1: No, it's been the worst year I've had in fifteen years. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the just the the cold weather was so broken up and never really got them on a winter pattern, so they are just in the the most random places. Gotcha. And it is what it is, you know. I, I I I know enough to know that sheds aren't like going extinct or the deer are not evolving to not have them or something stupid like that. It just it's just one of those years where there's no rhyme or reason to it. And, yeah.
0: What What do you think yeah. about the uh, about the popularity of shed hunting, real quick?
1: You know, honestly, like, if, if a person's got a piece of ground that they've got a little history in and they want to go out and they want to find their sheds and get to know them, that's cool. I just like finding stuff. So, like, I've got permission to walk on a couple of the neighbors. Yeah. And, you know, if I find something on their property, I'm happy to march right over to their house and give it to them. Like, right. those aren't my sheds to keep. Um, You know, if, I, if I'm if i driving down the road and I see one out in somebody's field, like, it's really cool but it's not like a deer that I know or have history with or I'm ever going to be able to kill so you know as a piece of natural sculpture it's pretty awesome but I just don't have attachment to it so like the hunger to go out and just find any shed you can anywhere you can and pile it up and you know be cool for social media I just kind of I don't really get that but I got a lot of buddies that are really good at shed hunting and they shed hunt the ground they're able to hunt and they've got you know years of history with certain bucks they eventually get and that's really cool to me yeah you know it's it's the story for me really no yeah i I can totally understand
0: that i know (laughs) um growing up we um it wasn't really a thing i guess that we that we really ever thought you know about like oh hey let's go look out like let's go look for antlers like i grew up in a hunting family like we always hunted and stuff but like as far as finding a shed like it wasn't like really a big on our list. I remember uh, if we were like disking or plowing or something, I remember my grandpa found a match set in the plow and yeah. And that was like pretty cool. And like one was busted a little bit, but the other one was like perfect. And, mm-hmm. um, that was like the first time it really dawned on me. Like, you know, like you could actually, they could actually be found. I, mean, I don't know. And this was uh, 20 years, 25 years ago, <laughs> probably something like sure. that. And, um, i haven't really ever been big in a looking form like like going out and this is the mission you know like this is what i want to do i I've, I've found a handful i guess um but it's just i don't i just think it's wild that i mean to me like with the way that social media has made shed hunting it's like i don't know it, it just seems like it's like a participation trophy it's just like yeah like oh like around
1: here on in certain situations around here like if you have good steady cold and like deer on their bed to feed pattern it's like easter egg hunting yeah you know what i mean they're they're just they're out there they're in a predictable spot once you identify that pattern you know about where you're gonna find you can really clean up but like i think this goes back to you know everybody looks at the midwest and thinks it's just the mecca for whitetail well it's it's just that they're I think they're so much easier to hunt here. It's so much easier for the deer to live here so they get bigger, yeah, and like you there's not the level of woodsmanship to be able to <clears throat> consistently kill the big buck for your area that there is in places like where you're at in upstate New York or like in Pennsylvania with some of those those you know low mountain deer where you have to be a woodsman to be able to put yourself consistently on bucks in those areas because you know you can't count on them going from this draw to this cornfield yeah three night in a row you know what i mean i've and so I, a lot of guys short sell themselves on that because they're not killing a 170 class buck every year but i mean it's so much harder to kill you know 130 or 140 where they're at yeah
0: i you know you know i'm happy that you brought that up because i've i've sensed I've lived in upstate New York since 2019 and I've went Mm -hmm. back to, uh, Southwest Michigan to hunt every year and every year it gets so much easier for me. Like just to get on bigger deer, like this year I shot an 11 point with my bow biggest bow buck I've ever shot. And, and it's like hunting, like if someone were like, if a bow hunter were to, to come from like Iowa, Missouri or anywhere, you know, and, like, and granted, like, if there are big deer there, you're going to kill big deer. It's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I you know I say, I'm like, you know, if you think you're real badass, come up to the Northeast and let's yeah. see how badass you really are. Like, that's no joke. Yeah. Like you're you're going to get <laughs> humbled no so quick. Like, none of these influencers want to do it. I think there's like the one guy from the hunting public that comes up here sometimes, but it's like any of these dudes that are in Iowa and stuff like that just, I mean knock it down hammers. I mean that's super cool but just come up here and shoot a 120. Do it. Yeah. Like if you can do that two or three years in a row then my hat's off to you. You are a badass like you're a legend. But you know, yeah. it's I mean it the first year I hunted up here I I had no idea cuz I'm used to hunting, you know, ag and mm-hmm. I come up here in the big woods and I'm like I'm fucking lost. Like holy shit. Like <laughs> how does this work, you know? And then the year after I ended up shooting a doe and then two years later I shoot, I ended up shooting two bucks and I was like, man, I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. And like every time I go back to the Midwest though, it's like these deer are stupid. Like, that's just what I feel (laughs) like. Like, and I'm not, I'm not taking it away from the animal. It's just, there's a lot of them. And if you take the same precautions as you hunt in the Northeast, in the Midwest, you're like, you're going to be like Rambo out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's totally insane. Yeah, I, The first I, uh, I worked in, uh, central Pennsylvania, like a couple hours north of Harrisburg, yep. um, for their archery opener a few years back. And I can just, I can remember, you know, going to the job site in the morning and seeing guys, you know, get out of their trucks and get ready to go hunt and all this stuff. And just the, the terrain they were preparing to go into and, how far it was from any ag or like seemed like any water source and it all looked the same. And I'm just like, man, these guys are on another level if they're actually getting on deer and this stuff. Yeah. Like able to identify those travel patterns and you know, where they're feeding and what they're doing or just, just seeing them for more than a few seconds without bumping them. It's just, you know, it's, it's such another level from, from where I'm at here. You know what I mean? Oh no, I
0: absolutely do. Yeah, I, I tell people I'm like, man, if you can come up here and hunt and even see the, I like the most deer I've ever seen in one night up here hunting is five. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then four. Then I went four days without seeing anything. After yeah. that, like, it's it's crazy. Um, it's just I, <clears throat> with my bow, a couple years ago, like I'll be honest, like I even I'm pretty sure I still have the text message. Um, I shot a deer with my bow and I thought it was a big doe. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I texted my buddy who I was hunting with. I was like, dude, I just smoked a doe. Like, I mean, I could see the blood from my tree stand and I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he was like, yeah, let me finish hunting and I'll come and we'll, we'll, you know, track it together whatever. So we get up on this deer and it it was a spike and I was like, fuck, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my God, I shot a spike. Like I haven't done this since I was 13, you know, like Jesus (laughs) Christ, uh, but the crazy thing about it is, so this deer was a spike, right? Yep. I uh, I didn't have any means to process the deer by myself because where I was living at the time. So I had to take it mm-hmm. to a processor. But when I got sure. my meat back, I got 90 pounds out of a spike. <laughs> no kidding? I'm not kidding. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> I was Dang. like, holy shit. And me and my buddy dragged this deer out. And we, I mean, we were young, like 30, you know, and, I, and he was like, this kid's he's five six years younger than me and you know we're both military and you know we should be able to pull a deer out like it's nothing right and this yep. deer was just like and we were both looked at each other like like this is this is ridiculous how how you know how <laughs> this is being right you know just how much of a pain in the ass this is and yep. um yeah i told him i was like man that deer is heavier than we thought it was because i got 90 pounds back out of that deer Crazy. straight up <laughs> no lie it's yeah i couldn't believe it and it was just a spike and you know a lot of people say though that i i think the deer might have been a little older um mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i think that up here with the winters that we have they put more of that nutrients i don't know if they could do this subconsciously or however it works but i think they put more of it into their bodies than they actually do into mm-hmm. their antlers if that makes sense yeah uh Yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy. That's, that was, uh, yeah, that was my first uh, buck, I guess, that I shot up here. And, man, I've gotten, I've gotten some pictures on, uh, like, camera of some, like, 130s. They're like ghosts. Yeah. They're super smart. They're probably five and a half years old, and they've been hunted since, you know. You you know, we got black bears up here that eat um, fawns you know mm-hmm. so it's like day one they're already you know bobcats will take them down too Yeah, um, yeah it's insane i mean just how like I, I i couldn't believe like 90 pounds out of a spike and then i shot shot a couple other deer and they're just way bigger bodied smaller racks bigger bodies than like midwest deer where yep. you know like a deer in the midwest could if it had a body like that the rack is probably going to be you know a monster but it yeah it definitely i challenge anyone to come up here to the northeast if you think you're that bad like just just do it man like and and i think everyone (laughs) should experience it at least like once in their life and and actually give it a real go like you know come up here and hunt for a week two weeks and just just see just be like you'll go home
1: very thankful for what you have <laughs> you'll be like yeah. man, yeah i didn't even hunt in pennsylvania and i came home thanking my lucky stars i live where i do yeah oh it's, it's wild
0: it is wild it's crazy i i uh i have a newfound respect for for uh anyone who wants to come up here and hunt or hunts pa and maine and vermont and new hampshire all that like it's it's rugged i mean it's no like you know yeah. montana wyoming it's nothing like that but you you can get into some elevation here though that's fact
1: yeah for sure to, to a flatlander I mean it's it's a challenge yeah I hunt and the, I mean uh, and extends down through Appalachia Georgia you know the mountains of Alabama all that it goes it goes for all those places
0: oh yeah I hunt the foothills of the Adirondacks, and you can get into some really hilly shit if if you if yep. you don't watch it like it's <laughs> it, it's definitely a I don't know like this place for some reason has. It has sunk its claws in me, and I would just like to to take, uh, like, at least a 130-class whitetail. And that's when I yeah. feel like I'll be, like, I'll know that, you know, people might look at it and be like, oh, that's just like a regular old, you know, like run-of-the-mill buck where I'm from. But I'll know. I'll be like, dude, you have no fucking idea what it took yep, to get that deer.
1: hit something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, that's like killing, you know, a 190, 200-inch. You know, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like, it'd probably be like a one seventy, 180 you know, just a really yeah. big deer that's super smart and knows what's up. And, and you're going to have to, not only that, just, uh, it sounds crazy just because I'm in New York, but, uh, I've started packing out deer. Yep. Like, I mean, you could try to drag them and shit, but with all the blow downs and stuff like that, you're better off just packing it out.
1: Right. You know, there's, there's, there's situations here where I wish I could do that, but Illinois makes you remove the animal from the field hole. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I, I don't have a four wheeler or an ATV or anything like that at at my uh, disposal regularly. So like there's a couple of spots that I don't even hunt until all the crops are out and I can get my truck back close enough. And like, even this, this hill behind my house, I mean, and it's probably like maybe 100 120 foot gain in elevation but it's over about 200 yards yeah and it's it's just brutal on me just to drag like a 160 pound doe up that hill i can't imagine having to drag a buck out of there and it's even farther to like drag it down the creek to the access road at the south end so yeah i, I don't even mess with it till the crops come out It's kind of a pain but you know i, I gotta recognize my limitations I'm getting older and I'm, you know, I'm in danger of having a heart attack if I tangle with something like that. Oh, yeah, no. I,
0: I had a, I'm pretty sure I tore something in my shoulder this year when, uh, I, I ended up shooting a doe and then the guy that I hunt with shot a buck. It was shot on the same day with our bows. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, honestly, I was like, God damn it. I was like, now here comes the real work. <laughs> like and yeah. we had, we were back in it. And we had to go up, down, up, down, up, down to get to the truck. And I had a deer cart, which was just a hunk of shit. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is stupid. Like it was it it almost ruined me. Like I was I was dying. I was like, dude, from now on we're just gonna pack these things out. Like Yeah. Just trying to make it easier doesn't help. You just need to pack it out. That's it. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it was it was crazy. It took us so long to get that damn deer card out. It got that seemed like that deer card got stuck in everything. Like, everything. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Such a waste of money too. And I was like, oh buy the good one because, you know, I'm gonna buy quality and it was like there goes two hundred bucks. That was
1: dumb. Like Yeah. It doesn't even help me. <laughs> like even the you know, the quote unquote quality ones are made out of pure easy and they're still not that great. No. Uh, yeah get hung up on the little stupidest shit. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: Um, Yeah, so when's your turkey hunting season start?
1: Um, I got fifth season, so it's going to be beginning of May before I can get out. And, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I have enough birds I'm going to kill one. I'm going to go out and try to find them and, you know, see if I can just see them do their thing. But it's kind of a toss-up whether or not I'm even, even going to shoot one this year. Yeah.
0: we have. We just have the one season. I know... I know at least in Michigan they have like the early season and then they have the regular season. You have to draw for the early season. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: What you said, how many? How many do you have in Illinois?
1: So everybody I talk to from out of state is completely baffled by our turkey seasons okay. because there are there are five seasons. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the the youth season is this weekend and the following weekend. If I'm not mistaken,
0: and That's
1: then awesome. the first season will start in the first week of April. And they start on, like, a Monday and end on a Monday or a Tuesday, so it's kind of weird. And wow. the different seasons are different lengths, and it's a total crapshoot what the weather's going to be yeah. on any given week. So, usually I just pick fifth season because if there's a pretty good shot, it's going to be decently warm. Yeah. Um, because, you know, early on, if it's cold and rainy, they're just not going to cooperate at all. So I, I err on the side of caution and, you know, the birds might be a little more call shy, whatever, but at least I know they'll be moving. But right. yeah, it's, if, if you're not used to it, like basically it's just like throwing a dart in a dartboard and seeing what you get. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know. Yeah. I could <laughs> see that. Yeah, for sure.
0: No, here it's just, you just get the month of May and that's it Mm -hmm. and uh that's cool yeah so you hunt and you get two tags so but you can't you can't you can only shoot one a day like you can't shoot two in one day like that's that's against the rules you know and all that shit but uh i mean usually like may here may is the perfect time up here because i mean i'm still ice fishing so i mean we still have 10 inches of ice i I went out today i mean it's we're gonna hold some Yeah. yeah We usually don't get our big melt off until the end of March is when it starts kind of heating up a little bit. But I think this year's going to be different just because of the way the weather's been. It's been really weird. Um, yeah. So I don't think it, I think it'll be in April is when stuff, I mean, two years ago, I opening day of Turkey season, it snowed. So May 1st, <laughs> we had like three inches of snow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is fun.
1: You know, um, that'd be fun to Turkey. Hunt the snow. I've never even thought about doing that
0: yeah no you can do it up here right. it happens um yeah it's crazy no we have just a whole month and you get two tags and then in the fall you get your fall tag and it's either sex you could shoot male or female
1: but yeah and can you hunt all day up there yes
0: oh wait nope i lied nope you can only hunt till noon
1: oh okay yeah. oh cool yeah we we get till till 1 p.m because uh the morels are popping about that time and you know, the DNR wants to give people an opportunity to go out and pick mushrooms without harassing turkey hunters or, you know, yeah. have the threat of them you know, or whatever.
0: We don't have any of those up here. That sucks.
1: I I need to look into the range of those things because there's, it's weird where they pop up where people say they have them and where they don't. Like, there's a couple places I thought it would just be lousy with them that, you know, don't don't have them. But.
0: <laughs> well, we have, uh, you know, Chicken in the Woods and stuff like that. Yep. But, um, you know, like pheasant, what are the pheasant backs? We have those. Yep. We have Um, the (laughs) dryads. Yeah. And morels grow, like, if you go an hour and a half south of here, that's where a lot of people say they find them. But I, like every spring I've been up here, I went looking at the usual places where I find them back in Michigan or like, you know, old apple trees, uh, dead elms, stuff like that. I haven't found shit. Yep.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah. It's, it's. A lot of people say they don't grow up here, but I would think I'm like, Man, it's good habitat. I don't see why they wouldn't, but they would pop late. It'd be like May, late May, into June probably. Yeah. They start popping. Um, just because <laughs> that's when it starts getting warm. Like Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, no, we uh so the snow melts off up here in April. You might get a snow in May, and then it starts snowing again in October. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty much it's
1: it's always snowing it's crazy that's that's not a bad thing i actually like snow we don't get near as much of it here anymore. it doesn't seem like and uh it seems like the morels are really taking a hit because everybody's taken to this uh aerial application of fungicide so you know it used to be you could go out and you could find a lot of big yellows out in, like, the grass and the buffer strips between the field and the timber. That's just not the case anymore. You got to get pretty deep to find any kind of numbers. Well, that's another – like,
0: when I was a kid, I remember uh, we would find just shopping bags full. Yeah. Like, all over the place, like, in the backyard, you know, by the barn, just random-ass places They were just growing everywhere. It was like, holy shit, we're giving (laughs) them away. And now, like – even 20 years later, I'll, if I, if I'm back in that area of Michigan at that time of year, I'll go look. And like, I just, it's they still don't grow there anymore. It's, it's crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. I just don't know what happened to them.
1: It's get yeah, it's getting down to where, I mean, the conditions just got to be perfect to that elm tree that's dying. It's not dead yet, but it's dying or the sycamore tree that's, you know, got the right, you know, root biome habitat going on. And they'll come up there, but like, you just don't see the randomness that, that I that I remember as a kid. Yeah. It's kind of strange, but yeah, I, I, I attribute it to that aerial application of fungicide, which has really taken off here in the last few years. Yeah, it's it probably has
0: a lot. I never thought about it like that, but you're probably right. You're probably onto something. It, yeah. Yeah. To kill the uh what is that? Like that corn fungus?
1: Yeah, it's not, I'm I'm not an yeah. expert on it on corn diseases, but I think it's that black smut the corn gets they're trying to kill. I heard people I'm eat that. Wrong. They eat that? That's, I, I
0: think I heard something like that, where yeah, when it grows, like they'll eat it and they'll turn it into something, like it's some Spanish dish or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, weird. this, this stuff I'm talking about, like is like you'd never want to eat it. It looks like a giant bird turd grow Yeah, it's
0: black and like blue, like kind of looks black and blue a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about. And I was like, okay, probably not gonna oh eat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so gross. But uh but yeah, man. Um I mean kind of went over on time a little bit, but that's okay. We're talking about some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it was definitely awesome talking to you. I mean, you know, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I was like, dude, that dude's pretty cool. So I definitely want to talk to him. Cause I know, I don't know, just always like see like random ass shit. And I'm like, this guy's interesting. So,
1: oh, that's, that's what I'm all about. Random ass shit and trying to, you know, educate people and get them to pay attention to what's around them. You know, that's, that's my big thing. Like I, good for you if you kill a big buck or a big gobbler or catch a big fish or whatever, but I'm much happier to see people, you know, picking up an arrowhead on the way to their tree stand right. or like recognizing that there's, you know, something cool by the lake or, you know, just, just, just appreciating being outside. That's, that's, that's my big deal. That's what I'm trying to push, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no, man. Um, definitely,
0: I would definitely like to have you on again. That'd be super cool. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, No, It was great talking to you though, man. I really appreciate you being on here. Uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely have to do this again. Yep. Anytime. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Yep. No problem. All right. See you.
0: All right. So that was Judd. Dude, super cool. Really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys did too. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening as always um yo, i forgot to yep he does have instagram if you guys want to go check out his instagram the guy's always just got some really cool shit on there so go check it out go look it's just interesting like the dude's always got like these little facts and everything um i encourage everyone to go check it out uh super cool guy he also uh has stuff to do with working class bow hunter uh if you're in all that but but yeah guys thanks for listening i really appreciate it and uh, i'll catch you guys next week thanks